Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. All right, so today on Habits and Hustle, we have TJ Dillashaw, who I'm very excited to have on the podcast because he is a two-time UFC world champion, and I really want to get into like just how you train and like because you must have um, like really really specific habits. I know you don't like the word rituals, but yeah. we're going to get into yeah. like how you exercise in your food. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we're on these treadmills, I was joking around and I said to him, "You know, we can just be on 15 incline and like a speed of 15." And he's like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Just like because of anybody who can be doing that is going to be you because you're like a beast." Oh, thank you. I, I try to be. That's for sure. Well, yeah. okay. So let me. You know, I, I'm curious. Because you're not you're a UFC bantamweight yes. champion. Yeah. So for people who don't know, mm-hmm. that being me, what does mm-hmm. that even mean? Uh, it's a weight class. Bantamweight is 135 pounds. So every weight class has a different. Like uh, the one below me is flyweight. The one above me is featherweight, um, and so on. So that, everything's got a different name. Mine's bantamweight. 135 pounds. So you have to be between, like you have to be, what? what's the... Usually everyone weighs like one, 135. But, you um, have to be 135. Yeah, you can be from 126 to 135 is my weight class. But usually everyone cuts weight to get to 135. Like right now I'm walking around at 155 pounds. But You're yeah. 155 pounds right now? Mm-hmm. You look... You look small to me yeah i mean that's still small yeah you're dense exactly you're dense. no but yeah i mean the the day before my fight like usually 30 hours before i fight i weigh in at 135 and i'll walk in the cage weighing like 150 the next day so that by the time i fight i'm usually 15 pounds heavier maybe even 17. wow okay yeah. how do you okay so how do you do that what's your let's get right into that yeah. I'm, I'm curious so yeah. what, what do you do to be so like specific like 135 like how do you I mean, you can't be an ounce over. You have to be exactly 135, especially if you're fighting for a title. If you're fighting for a non-title fight, you can weigh 136, but you can't be an ounce over. Um, so it's all water. I mean, everyone cuts water mm-hmm. weight. I get within um, striking distance of my body mass. Um, I walk around like, you know, 6% body fat. So, um, oh my and, God. and your muscle, when, when I'm in fight camp, right, right now I'm a little heavier, but. Um, right, but. Even your heavy is most people's, you know, extremely <laughs> lean, but okay. Um, but your muscle holds a lot more water than any kind of fat. And so it's super easy to water load and lose water weight when you're really lean. Um, and so what I do is I water load seven days before my fight where I'm drinking two and a half gallons of water in one day. And then when I'm six days out, I'll drink two gallons of water. When I'm five days out, I'll drink a little bit less all the way till the day before when I don't drink any water. And then I continue to work out and my body just flushes water weight and I'll probably lose eight pounds in a, um, 40 minutes before the weigh-ins and then you, I'll weigh you wait, how far? You, you could lose eight pounds in 40 minutes. Easy. If not, huh? yeah, if not faster. Yeah. I mean, it's just all water weight though. It's, it's weight that you, that's why when I fight, I'm able to walk back in the cage weighing 150 pounds because I'm just dumping, I'm, it's just water displacement, right? I'm just moving water in and out. And, uh, once you've learned the science behind it and how to do it, it it's pretty easy. I mean, Easy as in, you know, you're going to be able to make the weight, but dehydration is probably the, it's way worse than starving yourself. That's for sure. Dehydration is no fun. I was going to say like, because if you are cutting, you know, this water weight to the last second. Yeah. So how yeah, I you- usually make weight maybe like an hour before weighing. So we weigh in at 10 o'clock in the morning. I won't be on weight until nine o'clock. Probably. I like to do it last minute because then your body's not depleted for longer. Cause if I was on weight the day before, 
that means my body is in depletion mode overnight and my you're gonna get fatigued because I have to fight the most important fight of my life within 24 hours. Wow. Um, so you wanna make sure that you're able to be on weight, weigh in, and then rehydrate. Yeah. So then like how do you when you when you're working out because right before the fight you're you're working out to how you how do you do that without drinking anything? Like aren't you dying? I've done it my whole life. I wrestled since I was eight years old. And um, back then, I didn't know what I was doing. Just I just knew how to cut weight. And that's just dehydrating yourself and not eating the right ways. But now with me being a professional athlete, I've learned very scientific ways of making the weight. But you get really used to it. Um, I want to know all the scientific ways. I'm like, I'm, that's, what I'm that's why I was so excited to have you. Because yeah. this is like now my wheelhouse where I'm like, you know, I'm extremely excited. But I want to ask you one question before we start yeah. uh, going really into that. Because... Yeah. It could be like the elephant, the pink elephant in the room. Yeah. Because even though you won these two UFC champions, yes. they they took away your mm-hmm. last belt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I was stripped of why well, I, I I gave the belt up because I, I failed the drug test. Um so I was a one I was thirty one thirty-five pound champion. Um and so I was a two-time. I lost it and I came back and, and got it back. Um, but then I just had to um, re- um, relinquish it because I failed the drug test. I mean they can strip you for it, but I I admitted that I did it before I even got it stripped and gave the belt up. I knew I did wrong. Um, I became, so I was 135 pound champion. I was going down to 125s to take another belt. I wanted to be a two time champion, uh, well not two division weight champion. I wanted to be the 135 pound champion, the 125 pound champion. And so I pushed it to the extreme. I, like wow. I said, I walk around 155 pounds. And so I cut 30 pounds. I got down to 4% body fat and I became anemic. Um, and like, I don't know, five weeks out before the fight, I started to become anemic. And so I took an anemia medication that you're not allowed to take. And it came up on a drug test, um, a couple, couple weeks after my fight. And so once it came up, I obviously admitted to it, told everyone what I did. And obviously I, I made a mistake and I owned up to it and relinquished my belt. So I'm on a two year suspension to where I have one year left right now, um, until I can come back and get my belt back. So Wow. So then yeah, it's been rough. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a tough last ten months dealing with all that, and then to add on to it, I went through double shoulder surgery as well too. So I've been I've been needing shoulder surgery for my last three years of competing. My shoulders will dislocate all the time. Um, I had t- fully fully torn a rotator cuff, tear my labrum, and a tear my bicep tendon in both shoulders. Um, and wow. so once I got suspended, I decided to get surgery. So I had to do them back to back. So I've been in a sling for like six months back and forth. Oh my um, gosh. So it's been rough. It's been, a, it's been a tough 10 months, that's for sure. But it sounds like maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Like if you needed these surgeries and you probably wouldn't have done it on your own volition. I would have never done it. It was yeah. always the next big fight. It's always like, oh, I'll wait till the next. Maybe I'll wait till after the next one. And then it's always another big fight, another right. big fight. So I kept putting it off. So, I mean, that's, I mean, when you say blessing in disguise, even more so than just my injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to focus on business for the last year. I've been able to focus on my son. He's uh, almost about to be two years old. He's so I brought cute. Him here. Yeah. I know. He's so I brought cute. Him here. He, he goes everywhere with me. But, uh, you know, the, the first year of his life, I was very focused on being the best possible athlete I could be. And you don't realize, like, how much life you miss within that first that year. Mm-hmm. And so the last year, I've been able to absorb so much of him growing up that uh, I feel like that's been the biggest blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the, the, the business side of things, being able to create my income outside of the cage, you know, because right. when I'm fighting, I always tell everyone, I, I, I'm the most dedicated uh, professional fighter in the world. And I really, truly believe that no matter what it is uh, that I'm going to do, I'm going to go. 
100% into it. And so I don't give myself any time to focus on things outside the cage. When I'm in a 10 to 12 week fight camp, a fight camp is when I'm um, getting ready for one exact person. I don't focus on anything else. It's just training, eating the right way, sleeping the right way, um, watching tape. Uh, my life is completely consumed with fighting. Wow. So it's been, it's been a di- I would never do it again, but it's obviously been a huge blessing. So, so yeah. then, does, how does it even, I mean, it must hurt your business though, or doesn't, or doesn't it? Like that you had that title Of stripped. course. I mean, it's definitely. Did you have endorsements that were taken away from you? And, yeah. 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 I lost all my endorsements. Right. I mean, I have some now, right? I've picked them up with uh, just who I am and I feel like I've handled this. A lot of people will get, I mean, it's a very common thing. People getting in trouble in my sport for, for things like this. Um, but I've been the first one to kind of like own up to it and just kind of be like, look, I'm not going to hide from it. I didn't take a tainted supplement. I did it on purpose. I messed up. Like, right. if you're a person that's never made a mistake in your life, I don't trust you. Right, right, right. And you, and like you, you said, know, you, you owned up yeah. to it. Like, there's so many athletes yeah. that, you know, out there who deny it, deny it, deny it, and they blame everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what makes, that's what vilifies them in a way, yeah. right? Yeah. But I feel like if you're someone who made a mistake and you said, yeah, you know, listen, like, that's why I think makes you not just human, but like, yeah. you're likable, yeah. right? Because, yeah. no, because you're like, yeah, I fucked up, but yeah. I did. And well, yeah. here you go. Here's yeah. my belt, you yeah. know? Just, I mean, like I said, I mean, everyone makes mistakes in their lives and it's all about like the way you handle it, right? Mm-hmm. Handle it like a man and step up and do what's right. Obviously I did what's wrong and now I'm going to let you know that I did. So what made, so you said it was because of the anemia <clears throat> that you took this, this stuff, yeah? So I was waking up ridiculously tired and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I was training the hardest I ever trained, working out. I mean, I was waking up every morning and having to run an hour before I went to my other two or three practices throughout oh. the day. Um, I mean, I'm working out nonstop and I'd wake up and just be like, not looking forward to the day, like tired, not wanting to train, not wanting this. And just like, and I'm um, very scientific the way I train. I met a strength conditioning coach, nutritionist, um, life coach. to kind of helped me out with all that. And so I really in tune with my body. And uh, so I got all my blood work done and figured out what was going on. And I was becoming anemic. I was losing, uh, when you're anemic, you don't have as many red blood cells. Mm -hmm. It strips your body of red blood cells and you build more white blood cells because you're putting the stress on your body. Um, and so when you have less red blood cells, you're not transporting oxygen as well. And so when you take an anemia medication, that's what it does. So the reason why it's illegal is it can Im- improve your endurance, which I'm not a, a triathlete, right? I'm not trying right. to do it for, I'm not going to go run with the Kenyans and stuff, right? I'm more right. of an anaerobic athlete. I mean, it might have its benefits, but I was bringing myself back to normal. So I knew that there was something wrong and I don't know if I would have been able to make the fight without it. Um, I decided to do something that had never been done before and drop down a weight class to get another belt. Um, and I, you know, I, I took, sold my soul to the devil, as you'd say, right? right. I, I messed up and I wanted, to, I wanted this to happen so bad because of, it had never been done. I believe I'm the best fighter in the world to, to ever do it. And I wanted to prove that. And so I was willing to, um, do something I shouldn't and not but paying for it. Didn't you realize it was going to show up on a blood test or? No, I didn't. Um, I was told it wasn't going to. Yeah, I was told it wasn't going oh, to. Wow. So, yeah. Um, who, who gave you that? Who told you that? Uh, I'm not going to get into that. Oh. You know, it's, it's my, it's, it's my, dis- I mean, even if someone else told me that, I'm the one that made that decision. Yeah. You know, I'm the one that, it's not, no reason to bring anyone else, drag them to but the But no mud. one else got in trouble? No, no, just me. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Nobody else got it. That's no, so, no. I mean, that's... Like I said, so unusual. Yeah. Usually when something like this happens, the yeah, whole team people, goes I down. Mean, I, got, I got offered to sell people out to try to get a shorter sentence and this and that. But to me, like I said, it wasn't worth it. I made the mistake and I needed to get shoulder surgery. I needed the time off. So I said, screw it. Like, I'm going to take my time. 
I'm going to take my punishment and uh, take it like a man. So um, there's no reason to, to drag anybody else's name through the mud and try to mess with any of that. So Wow. And also, you have that ear that all these fighters have. What is that? Like, someone bite, <laughs> does someone bite your ear? Or, like, what is that? <laughs> it's called cauliflower ear. Um, I think the name cauliflower just because it looks like when people get it real bad, it looks like a piece of vegetable. Yeah, like yeah. Right? That's, I was um, going to say, I didn't want to be rude. You know, completely <laughs> rude, you know? But it's a hardened blood. So just like getting a bruise and inflammation, blood will go to that area. But when it goes to your ear, it has nowhere to go afterwards. So it just hardens. And it's, it's, I mean, you could squeeze it as hard as you want. It would never hurt. Um, and was it just because we had punched so much in the ear or someone bit, no one yeah, bit I your mean, ear? Or? A lot of wrestlers get yeah, it. I mean, really you get funny. it more from grappling than you do from striking. When you take like an accidental elbow or a headbutt or a knee to the ear, um, it swells up just from like being bruised from the injury being there. And then the blood can't go anywhere. So it stays in there and it hardens and it almost turns into like a cast. And I drained them. So if I went and drained them, they would have been really big. And so I did it myself because if you go and get it done by a doctor, they have to put like, you have to be out of training for like 12 weeks. But I would just take a syringe and I would oh my suck the blood out of my ear and I'd wear a bandana really tight. And then <laughs> have to do it probably for a couple weeks straight every night. Because it would come back. It would come back. It would come back. Didn't it hurt? Keep, very bad. Yeah. Very bad. Do you but, have like no pain sensors at all? Like I don't understand <laughs> how you're able to do these things. I do. I'm just like everyone. But I think the more you get used to it, the easier it is to deal with it. You, I get used to pain, I guess. So, like, what, okay, what, what, as a kid, like, were you, obviously you were probably a very good athlete. You probably were good at a lot of different mm -hmm. sports, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, what made you become a new, like, what made you say, you know what, I want to become a fighter? I didn't ever think I was going to be a fighter. I, uh, I wrestled my whole life. Um, wrestling found me because of my dad. My dad was a wrestler, and then my stature. I was good at other sports. I played a lot of football and baseball and all that. But like growing up, those were yeah, the growing sports. up, I yeah. played them. But then when I got into high school, I knew that I was the best at wrestling out of all those other sports. I was good at everything else, but wrestling was like my real future to get into college, kind of thing. Yeah, and I knew that, so I gave up every other sport and I, I only wrestled, um, which got me a full ride scholarship to Cal State Fullerton. Um, I graduated um, from Cal State Fullerton after going there for five years. So I have a degree in clinical exercise science. And then after I graduated, I was enrolled in grad school to become a physician's assistant. And my assistant wrestling coach at the time talked me into fighting. Uh, Mark Munoz uh, is his name. He was a UFC fighter at the time while he was coaching me in wrestling. And he's like, man, I really think you should try this out. You're an aggressive wrestler. You're really good. I think you could uh, be good at it. Um, I never reached my goals in wrestling to what I felt like I could do. So I decided to drop out of school and continue to compete. I mean, I never wow. done. I never like had a real job. I've never um, like competing has been my life. Competing's been my job. So right. I was gonna try to be a physician's assistant, work in a doctor's office. <laughs> oh my and gosh. my wife at the time was my girlfriend then, and is my wife now. She's like, I don't know about you, <laughs> you doing this. I just don't know if it's for your lifestyle. Like yeah. you've been nothing but a gym rat. And so she was all for it. I mean, obviously it's scary because you're broke, right? I mean, I lived on a couch for a year in someone's house and tried to like mow lawns and stuff to make money on the side wow. to be able to pay for my, my habit of wanting to fight. But uh, obviously it, it paid off. So. Right. So ha what happened? So like you're really not making, how do you start making money in this? Can you just walk me through it? Because I'm really just curious. Yeah. So here you are, you're going to be, you're wrestling. Someone says you have some like talent. You should go into the UFC stuff or go into the, the mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Yeah. Like how do you then make like do you, do you take some random jobs on the side while you're fighting what's the training like at that level at that stage 
what kind of training do you do to even get to be good enough to even become a UFC fighter? Being a wrestler is a big advantage in the sport of MMA. Um, that's why you see a lot of big name fighters or champions or wrestlers to begin with. Like Chuck Liddell, was he a wrestler? He started off in wrestling, yeah. Okay. He's more of a brawler, right? Back I, in the I, day. I know. I mean, this is the, yeah. shows you how much I know. But, <laughs> but no, he know. started off wrestling. Wrestled at okay. Cal Poly, um, San Luis oh, okay. Obispo. So he wrestled. I mean, there was a lot of guys that, I mean. How about we, George St. Pierre? He was never a wrestler, but he turned out to be a great wrestler. Um, mm. He was more of the Taekwondo background, I believe. Mm. Um, from Canada, Canada's not really big into wrestling. Um, I'm Canadian. But, uh, are you? Yeah. From where? Uh, I'm from Winnipeg originally, and then, yeah. <sighs> it gets cold. Very cold. Um, <laughs> you even know where it is. I'm, yeah. I'm super impressed. I've been, I've done a seminar up there, and it was freezing. Oh, it's We're beyond. Winter, yeah. It's beyond, okay? Yeah. And then yeah. I was in Toronto okay. uh, for many years. But, um, yeah, but you know what? Wrestling isn't like a big thing there, you know? No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Hockey, I mean, it's, it's all about hockey. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's becoming more popular because of the UFC, UFC. because of MMA. Of him, because he's, yeah. a big, wasn't he the, he's the best in the world, or yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, the, I mean, he's, he's one of the goats. He's yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Right. You know, he's got a huge name in the sport. Um, he even came back out of retirement and won a belt again, and now he's retired. And Is he heavyweight? What's his... No, he was a 170, what is that, um, welterweight? And then uh, he came back, and I think he won at middleweight, too. So wow. he's come back and fought a different weight classes. So he's, uh, yeah, he's wow. an all-time great. He's one of my favorites, yeah. know, especially just because the way he's super respectful and handles himself, too. Yeah. He's like one of those straight shooters. Yeah. Um, he's a good guy. But um, for wrestling, when you graduate, there's not a professional, like, you know, baseball, you can go MLB, right. basketball, NBA, all that good stuff. I mean, there's like a road to get there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but for wrestling, there's not. I mean, you can go and wrestle for the Olympics um, and things like that, but that's a hard road and you don't get paid very well. It's, right. And I, I believe wrestling is the hardest sport in the world. Um, and that's why there's so many great champions in the MMA world for, that were wrestlers because of they learned how to work hard. They not only the form of martial arts that makes you good, but just the work I think it takes. Right to be good at wrestling is very tough. So MMA is almost our professional sport when you graduate college um, or when you get done with wrestling and you want to go to the next sport, MMA is it. And right. so a lot of wrestlers have done that. But So how do you get good at that? Because you weren't doing that. So no. how did you start? I, I uh, got talking to my coach. I moved up to Sacramento to train with Team Alpha Male. They had a bunch of guys in my weight class that were the best in the world. The Uriah Fabers, the Chad Mendezes, the... Joseph Benavidez is they were all around my weight class and they were the top one, two, three in the world. And so I decided to move there and kind of copy what they were doing. And uh, back then the sport was still so new that it was just go to the gym and beat the crap out of each other, you know, learn how to box, learn how to kickbox, learn jujitsu, um, learn all these other forms of martial arts other than wrestling that can help me be a well-rounded fighter and really just beat the crap out of each other and wow. see if you have what it takes. How many hours a day were you training then at that, level, at that stage? I'd say like six, six hours a day. Because you have to learn, like you said, all these mixed martial arts. So like yeah. even to like, listen, I mean, you're going to laugh, but like now I'm taking kickboxing. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like I take it twice a week, yeah. but like for one hour. And I mean, like I'm, t- I'm not very good. And so like just to think about, just to get good at one, that like that one, you know, modality of mm-hmm. martial art would take me, 20, like it took me four hours a day just mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So you're having to learn kickboxing, jujitsu, you know, all these other kinds, like in such a finite period. How do you become from a, go from a wrestler to mix? Like you have to become a master at MMA yeah. to become the best UFC fighter. 100%. Work your ass off. 
you know? Um, and like you said, you're broke too. And, and you so have no money. The right. only way you make money is either side jobs or taking fights. And so I only trained for two months before I took my first fight and I was strictly a wrestler. I mean, I, I thought I knew, kind of knew how to throw a punch, right? Right. But I'm a strictly a wrestler and when I'd go out there and use my attributes of being a wrestler to win. And within the first year, I got on the TV show of Ultimate Fighter. Um, oh, I remember that show. Yeah, just by being a wrestler. And even I made it to the finals of Ultimate Fighter with pretty much being a wrestler and trying to pick these other things up along the way. Um, and just putting in, I mean, worked my ass off. Just being obsessed and just watching tape, being in the gym, getting my ass kicked. I mean, you learn by losing. Um, so just, six hours a day, you said you were training a day? On average. I mean, obviously okay. your body can only take so much. There's days you have to take off. And, they're but, and people are like fighting you. It's oh, like, yeah. like pushing and punching and kicking. Yeah, and especially back then, we weren't very scientific about it. It was a little bit more meatheadish, And we just, we, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about it and how unhealthy it is. But we probably sparred like four, five days a week, which is pretty much going live, just beating each other up, right? Which is not good for your brain, you know? Um, are they punching your, your head? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to get ready for a fight, I mean, you got to fight. So but we're, we're a lot smarter about it now. We do a lot more drilling. Um, with my camp, we've we've started to take care of our bodies. We, I mean, I sleep with a heart rate monitor on. I test my all my hormone levels. I I do hair analysis to find out like what toxins are in my body. I'm on a certain kind of diet, uh, the metabolic diet that's best for my my body. Um, the supplementation I take that. Say my supplements and my teammates' supplements, even though we train with the same coach, are completely different because they're all designed for my my DNA. Because um, I know what I need in my body to come back to homeostasis. I might have not enough vitamin B or um, my adrenal glands are shot, so I need an adrenal complex. Or um, I might have not enough magnesium, things like that. Right. So everyone's taking different things to get my hormone levels. I mean, I triple my hormone levels completely naturally with my diet, with doing cold press juicing, with um, going intermittent keto and um, the supplementation, so so you so the diet that you're on. So back then you're just basically like you must have a stamina like unbelievable. People were punching oh, yeah. your punching you and just getting back up, and you must have had a million broken bones and not as many broken bones, but it's hard on your joints. I mean that's why my I needed shoulder surgery for three years and just kind of toughed it out. I mean I've had knee surgery. Um, yeah, it's been... Who would pick, like, who says to themselves, you know what, I'm just going to get the, <laughs> the, the crap kicked out of me. Yeah. Like, but why? But I, I guess, like, because you didn't want to work in an office and you didn't want to be a physician's assistant, you thought... I was good at it. I mean, it's, I guess it was primal. I grew up with two brothers. I was going to say, what makes somebody a good fighter? Besides work ethic, of course. Um, being addicted to competition, um, knowing that I could just be the baddest human on the planet. It's amazing. Um, I don't know. I mean, it kind of finds you, to be honest. Um, not everyone's coming. I mean, very little are cut out for it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, just, I, I think I was just the way I was raised. And um, you seem so sweet and nice. And like, I, okay, so. And you look like, I'm telling you, you look like you belong like in, in like, <laughs> in one of those like, you know, bitty bop like magazines, you know, for like teenage girls. I don't know if that's girls. an insult or a comment. No, you're like I'm this cute, sweet, like blonde with some dimples. Like yeah. you look like, you know, like that kid. I don't know who's who's like Zach Efron. Like you belong like as a, like as a little like sex symbol for like teeny boppers, you know? Yeah, I, I would never expect to, you to, to be, be honest though. Like most people think like uh, MMA fighters, like seeing them on TV and how ruthless the sport is, that they're gonna be dicks when they meet them. Which there are some, but I'd say as a whole, they're very humble, respectful people. I mean, yeah. you think about the world of martial arts. And it's hard to have a chip on your shoulder when you go in the gym and get your ass kicked for a living because you're never gonna have. You're not. 
every day you're not going to have your best day. Right. If you're training at a good gym like you should be, there's guys that are going to push you to that next level. And so they're going to beat you up some days, right? Like, right. So it's hard to have like, like this big chip on your shoulder, like you're the man at all times because you've never been the man at all times. You've gotten beat up. Right. And so I feel like that sort of training humbles a lot of people. And so, um, like I said, I think 90% to even maybe even higher of the MMA fighters I know are the, the, the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. And, yeah. and the funny thing is you're, I, I think you're actually correct because a lot of the, like a lot of the MMA people I know or beat or mm -hmm. people who are boxers, even like mm -hmm. when you meet them in person, they're like very soft spoken and kind yeah. and nice. Yeah. And then like, they're like an animal in the, yeah. you know, in when, the cage. When you're confident, there's no need to be a tough guy. Right. right? When you know, you can That's fuck true. someone up. I don't need to show that I can like, it's like a defense mechanism when you're someone that not sure if you could beat someone, you're like, you gotta act tough, right? That's just that's um, so true. Yeah. It's the people who know they're good, they don't have to like scream on the rooftop. With anything it, it it's is. It's like silent. Yeah, and with anything, anything not just yeah. this. Yeah, business, whatever it may be. Like if you are good and you know it and like have proved it, you don't need to pump, pump your chest up and yeah. act like a big shot, so. No, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. So then since, so how, when did it start changing where it became then you were training much more scientifically? At what point? took a long time. Um, I got involved in the sport. I was at Team Alpha Male, which was very raw, like very talented team, like insanely talented. But we were just, I don't know, everyone was attracted to each other and trained their asses off. That was, I was there for three years. And then a head coach came in, Dwayne Ludwig, who we hired. We never had a head coach. Right. It was just fighters coaching each other. We never had a coach. But we always, never one, no one ever could become a world champion. It was always we had number twos and threes. No one could ever break that threshold. And so we all kind of got together and we're like, look, we need a coach. We need someone that can like help us technically to push us to that next level. And after all the research we did, we thought Dwayne Ludwig was the guy. He was a ex-UFC fighter that was due to injury, had to retire. Um, we hired him from Colorado. He moved out. And within that next year, we went on an insanely big winning streak. I won a world title. A bunch of other guys did really well. I think we only lost like one fight out of all 15 people there throughout the year. Oh, wow. Um, so we did awesome. He, he won coach of the year two years in a row. Um, so after I won that world title, he decided to move back home to Colorado and open his own gym back out there. So I followed him. Um, mm. I followed him out there, which I actually got a lot of shit for it. Um, within media, within my team, everyone's like, oh, you're a traitor, this and that. These are the guys that brought you up. But to be honest, no one's ever trained me the way that Dwayne Ludwig did and um, as, put as much work into me as he did. Me and him, like, still to this day, we're family. Like, when wow. I'm in training camp, he flies back. I'll get to that. But he flies back out to Colorado to live with me for 12 weeks. So, I mean, we're family now. But I, I followed him out to Colorado because I'm on my quest to be the best martial artist in the world. And I knew that following him was the right choice. And so I moved to Colorado. I trained there for three years um continuing this quest with him and then uh when i decided to get and all that time i mean it throughout the years it got more and more scientific but it hasn't gotten to the level i'm at now until i met sam calavita who lives in your belinda he um he's a genius i mean he's a straight-up genius he started in nasa was like helped develop the nuclear anti-defense system missed a couple christmases and didn't want to be away from his family so he became a calculus teacher moved home he was an old-time wrestler, got involved in uh, triathlete, got into Ironmans, and so he wanted to learn about the body, and he became an expert. Um, and now he's the, he's the reason why my body fires the way it does. He's the reason why I've moved back to Southern California. Um, from the way I train, from the way I sleep, from the way I eat, 
Um, the supplementation, the strength conditioning I do is all underneath his eye. Like I said, I sleep with a heart rate monitor on. So I know when I wake up how, if I'm overtrained or if I'm ready to go kind of thing. Like we, we train my body based off of how I'm waking up or how I'm sleeping and how recovered I am the next day. So how does he start? Tell me, and this is the part I'm fascinated about. Yeah. So like start from the beginning, really. Like- okay. So I, I was a world champion. I was looking to get my, my belt back. And so I had to coach the ultimate fight. I was on the ultimate fighter to get into the UFC. Then I came back to coach it against Cody Garbrandt to win my belt back. Okay, but wait, how did you train to even work, win the world champion in the first, like, even to win that in the first place? Yeah. How were you training? What were hard. you eating? I know, hard. Yeah. Yes, okay. That, back then, I didn't care what I ate. It was anything? I don't know why. Like, I, I mean, I just thought it was work harder than everyone. Work harder than everyone. Like, I had a couple of friends on the team that were, like, gluten-free, and I was like, pfft. Right. Whatever, man. Like, I'll eat extra gluten. Give yeah. me, I don't even care. Like, I'll eat pizza. I'll eat whatever I want. I'll train hard. And I became world champion. Like, I didn't... It was so mental. I mean... And you didn't do any type of... So, besides, so your nutrition was just whatever. Yeah. You're, but you worked out hours and hours a day. Mm-hmm. Did you... At that time, did you have a specific time you woke up every morning? What was your workout like? I mean, what we did, had a schedule that we had practice from, like, 10 to 12. And then I would maybe hit mitts throughout the day. We had jujitsu at night. We had that kind of schedule. Okay, but tell me what that... No what rhyme or reason behind it. We just... That's what time that training was. That was what you was. did. Like, the gym we were at, Ultimate Fitness, just had like, okay, we have a time frame from 10 to 12 where there's not very many normal members, so we'll do a pro practice. What is, what is a pro practice Like where any MMA fighter that's trying to become a professional fighter and you're training to compete. So someone wants to come do cardio kickboxing, we have a class for that, right? They're paying the gym a membership. Right. But myself or these other guys that want to become a UFC fighter, they show up from 10 to 12 to do our MMA practice and we beat the shit out of each other. And then we, then from then you kind of set your own training up. Like I had a, um, a striking coach, Master Tong, that was my first Muay Thai instructor. I would set up individual training times with him throughout the day where I'd go and hit mitts with him for an hour where he would teach me how to become a Muay Thai fighter. And then I knew I needed to get good at jujitsu. So there was a jujitsu class on Tuesday, Thursdays in the evenings that I would show up to. And most of the pros would show up to that as well too. And we would do jujitsu. Um, so whatever... So say you came in and you weren't a wrestler. Like, I was a wrestler, so I didn't need to, like, spend as much time focusing on wrestling. Mm-hmm. Guys that would come in and they were, had a striking background, they would practice at a different time because they wanted to focus more on wrestling. So right. depending on who you were as an individual is how you based your practice. And so for me, that was, that was just how it worked out. Like, um, for, it was just a wild, wild west. Just, I mean, figuring out the sport. And, there, and like you, at and that time, you never were monitoring your sleep or mm-hmm. your supplements and... And I mean, it's like supplements, but it was like whatever whey protein I was taking. Right, or, or whatever you heard was kind of the good yeah. thing, like omega-3s yeah. or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Whatever's new hype right then. Yeah, right? I was like taking, the fat. Yeah. Um, but then when Dwayne Ludwig came and started coaching practices, the practices became more structured. And then the technique, especially with me and him, like our one-on-one. He was my new kickboxing coach, and he was our new MMA coach. And when he came in... I, my, my skills went through the roof. Like I went from, I was in the UFC already and I was winning big fights, but he came in and then I instantly started, I mean, I was beating everyone by being a good wrestler with some striking, mm-hmm. but then he came in, his background is striking. I became a kickboxer, like instantly. Like I, I, I love the way he taught technique. I love the way that he drilled it, um, the science he brought behind it. As in science, I mean like I'm slipping punches this way. When I do these things, I, I'm, I'm doing certain moves at certain times. And he broke it down to be like a, a program, which he still has. It's the BMT Bang Muay Thai program. Um, he's the one that took me to the roof. And that's why I followed him to Colorado. Yeah. Because he is the best coach in the world. And I, I truly believe that. 
Um, and so when he came in, I won my first world title. I went on a run and started knocking everyone out. I won my world title, followed him to Colorado. I lost my belt to a split decision, which was bullshit. Um, I should have never lost it, but I did. And I learned something from it. Um, I think you learn more from your losses than you do any of your victories. Um, I learned to not fight emotional. You know, when I lost that fight, Dominic Cruz was very smart at getting under my skin and pissing me off. He was out from retirement for a while, not retirement, for injury for a while and came back and he really pissed me off. He talked a lot of smack, which I hadn't had to deal with that yet. Right. And so the entire fight, I was trying to knock him out. I was trying to hurt him. Like I forgot about technique and I saw red and I wanted to just murder him. Um, and he used that. And I still believe I won the fight. I mean, most people do, but he made it close enough to where he won because he pissed me off so much. So I had to learn from that. So what happened? What was the thing that happened that he want, that he got it? A decision. Yeah. What so was it? the judges, right? So that's like, there's three judges watching the fight and just based off opinion and they think who won the fight. They, they go through and they kind of like score it. Like, Oh, he got a takedown or he's controlling the octagon. Maybe he did more damage and every judge sees it differently. Um, and so it was a split decision where, uh, Oh, so one judge, so there's, is it three judges? Yeah, three judges. So one judge thought I won three rounds to two. One judge thought he won three rounds to two. And the other one thought he won three rounds. So it was like just a, oh, a very mixed, mm-hmm. very close fight. And so I lost it, but taking it away made me a way, way better fighter because I learned to fight having fun. I knew that when I was a fighter going out there to show off and be the best and just have fun with it, I was unstoppable. Right. But when I went out there and fought angry and emotional, um, I had holes in my game. And so I had to learn that, you know, if it wasn't then, I don't know, I never would have been who I was. So the irony I, is amazing. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't go in and beat the crap out of someone if yeah. you're angry or emotional, you got to yeah. be happy and jolly. Not you know? everyone fights that way. Some yeah. people fight better angry. You know, some people yeah. fight I and mean, everyone finds the their way, way they're wired, right? Yeah. Not everyone, if everyone went in the way I fought, maybe like they're not as attentive and it just everyone works differently. And I know that I work better when I'm having fun. So the guy in Colorado that you followed, did he put you on any kind of regimen besides the teaching you the techniques of certain martial arts or the, the physical part? He did all the physical training with you, right? All the physical training. I mean, I had a strength conditioning coach there too. And they put a program together too. Like these days we're doing metabolic training. These days we're doing strength training. Maybe this day's aerobic. Like I had that kind of schedule, um, but not to anywhere close to what I have now. Um, still very, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's still world-class what I was doing. But um, just next level now. I mean, no one's doing this. This is very cutting edge. No one in the world is doing it unless they have someone like Sam Calavita. I mean, this guy's. Yeah, tell me what he does with you. I mean, so I met him on Ultimate Fighter. I brought him on as a coach to help me coach my fighters. So as I was a coach, mm-hmm. I was coaching seven guys to become the next Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. And so I brought him on to help me out with my strength conditioning regimen. I was going to put those guys on with. And I met him through some friends. Um, but um, so once I met him, I just kind of picked his brain. And once I realized like how much he knew and how much he could do with me, it like blew my mind that I like was doing so much wrong. Like my diet, the way I was redlining my body. I mean, it showed eventually when I would get to that, when I did them all my tests, it showed like my testosterone was so low. Like, and I was training so hard, but that's why. I, I just didn't listen to my body. Oh. Like I was redlining my body for so many years right. that I just destroyed my endocrine system. I wasn't, if I woke up and felt like shit and was sick and tired, I would still go work out because right. more is better, right? I'm going to work harder than this guy. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be obsessed. I'm going to work out harder. I'm going to push to the next level. I'm going to beat this guy. But ultimately, I was like just crashing my body. And over years, it just took a toll on me. Um, 
But so when I first met him, we it's started. It's so true. I just want to say, like, yeah. people don't realize that, like, it's not all, less is sometimes more, right? Yeah. Smarter. You, you got to be smarter. Right, because the recovery yeah. actually is when you actually heal your body. Yeah. That's when my, my cortisol levels will come back down. Right. My testosterone will go through the roof. I'll make bigger gains. I'm happier. Yeah. I get to spend time with my family. Like, there's times you need to take a break. Yeah. Eventually, you'll crash. Um, but the first thing I learned was the nutrition from him. And then I decided to do my next training camp down Southern oh, so, California. So don't go so fast. I want to hear the nutrition. Okay. So what did he put you, like, what was the nutrition <clears throat> stuff he gave you? So no grains, no complex sugars. It's kind of the closest diet we are to. We're not keto, but it's the closest thing we're to. Um, I'd, I'd call it like almost intermittent keto, like in and out of ketosis. Um, by That's the way. That's hard to do yeah. when you have no, like you have like a, I think I was just saying this to someone the other day, like it's hard to be in ketosis unless you are super, super diligent with your, with, with monitoring it. Right. Yeah. You have a team of people. You have one guy who's monitoring you. Yeah. But then right? I have to do it. My, he teaches me how to do it. And then right. I do it myself. Like, so, I do everything myself. And you're he professional. He teaches me the things. way. Right. And if I, if, if he knew I wasn't willing to do it, then he wouldn't take me on. As a, no, no, I know. I'm yeah. just saying like, you're just an example of someone yeah. that, you're, a, you're like the one of the best in the world. So yeah. of course you're going to figure out, a, you're going to be extremely diligent yeah, with yeah. it, right? Yeah. So you may, you feel that what, that you're doing it, it made a major difference in your performance and- I don't, and I don't, and and that's, that's one thing that's different with him too, is I wasn't guessing like, oh, I think I feel better, yeah. right? Because it could saw. be a placebo, but we were doing testing. Like I know every level of that, that uh, he tests has gotten better from my diet and from the way I train. Um, you know, like my, like I said, my, my hormone levels were better. Um, the hair and I'll get to the hair and out the hair analysis were better. Um, I looked better. My energy was better. My mind clarity was better. Um, my times on my strength conditioning and my weights were better. Um, from the keto kind of intermittent diet from everything. So it's not just one, it's so hard to put a finger on one thing when you're doing so much. Different. I know. So the so, first thing I started yeah, let's with, start with that was diet. Yeah. So intermittent. So like I said, I'm not keto, but I put my body in, in ketosis because of how hard I work out. Right. Because you're burning carbs when you're working out. But I want to teach my body to be a fat-burning machine. So there's times I do certain things, which I'll get to all that. But the diet-wise, it's close to keto, but it's not. Like, I still eat fruits, right? Those are simple carbs. Right. Um, those are simple sugars. I don't eat complex sugars that are like a, a, a redefined sugar. Right? I get it from fruits and things like that. Um, no complex carbs, which are no grains. Um, things that'll turn into sugar in your grains turn into sugar in your mm -hmm. body, and so I don't do any complex uh, carbs, all like sweet potatoes, fruits, vegetables, um, things like that, and then heavy, high protein, high fat diet. Um, and so I saw myself shred out. I saw my um, hormone levels go through the roof. Um, I also the next thing I did with him was a hair analysis. He takes a hair analysis and he'll judge. He'll they send it to a lab and they burn it and they they. They will find the toxins that are in your body. They'll find the minerals that are in your body. They'll find like what you need to get out. What, so I want my body to be homeostasis. I need maybe more magnesium, like I said before. Maybe I need more, I need to get adrenal complex. And he'll tell all that from my hair. He cuts it off from like my brain stem area. He sends it into a lab and they tell me what I have too much of, what I have too little of. And he creates my supplementation. Obviously everyone's on the same kind of aminos and things like that. But when it comes to my trace minerals, they're all different. Everyone's different. Everyone, I mean, you, you may, might have lived your life differently. Like I had a lot of arsenic in my body, high levels of arsenic, which it came, could have came from chewing tobacco in college or maybe my tattoos or um, you can get it from rice and things that are grown right. in, grown in our water because it. it's grown in water mm -hmm. and our water that is grown in is, is bad, you know? Um, so that was the next thing I did with him. 
obviously doing like a hormone test and realizing that um, what I was doing was making differences. Um, and then I started sleeping with a heart rate monitor on to realize like my recovery levels. So I wasn't redlining my body anymore because if you redline your body, everything's gonna crash. So I knew when I could train hard and when I had to go lighter. And I judged that off of my the way I was recovering. And then I, what else was I gonna say I changed? Um, oh, I started doing a lot more road work, but uh, scientific, like running. Mm -hmm. um, we called it low base. So I wanted my aerobic to be through the roof, but only so I can push my anaerobic even further. I'm an anaerobic athlete. I'm fast, I'm explosive, um, I build lactic acid, but I have to learn to push through. When I get to my lactic threshold, I have to learn to push through that. And the only way I can push through that is if my aerobic is high as well. Mm -hmm. And so my crossover point from when I burn fats to carbs, everyone's is different depending on how good a shape you're in or how you eat. At the time, it was like, we'll say 141, which is okay. Mm -hmm. You want it to be like 160. So anytime my heart rate's under 140, I'm burning fat. As soon as my heart rate was getting above 140, I was burning carbs. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would do my runs, and I'd run for maybe an hour or half hour, depending on where I'm at in camp, and I would keep my heart rate under 140. So when I did that, I'm teaching my body to burn fats and to make my aerobic go higher. So then my crossover point went from 140 to 160. And the higher my crossover point is, I don't start burning carbs until I get my heart rate to that level. And then I can, so now when I push my heart to 160, I'm still burning fats. I don't build lactic acid. Mm -hmm. When I burn carbs, I'm building lactic acid. So I, I changed that a lot by the way I was training. I was, Were you doing yeah. HIIT training? Um, I guess it's close to HIIT training. Like, it, like high, yeah. Um, it, um, I really don't know like the exact what HIIT training is, but when from you what go I've like seen, high interval, like like when you do like um, when you do like interval training, when you go mm -hmm. high, mm -hmm. to, you know, and then you do recovery, mm -hmm. and then you go high again, mm -hmm. like you're peaking your heart, your heart rate's going super high, mm -hmm. then you're taking it down, yeah, up and down, up yeah. And down. So it's, it's a form of HIIT training, yeah. Um, knowing when to make your heart rate go high and when to make it uh, not so high, and for an extended period of times, or like I only do my super hard strength conditioning probably like twice a week. Because that also, I feel like it affects your hormones, like your cortisol levels. 100%. When you get too high, like I know even with me, like when I'm working up too hard, it doesn't do my, you, it doesn't do my body good all the time, mm -hmm. right? Because my, everything, my adrenals get screwed up, my hormones get screwed up. Yeah. So then how do they take the arsenic out of your body through the hair analysis? From a certain aminos and my supplementation, like I was taking, I was juicing certain things. So... My cold press juicing regimen came from my coach, Sam Calvita. What I do with my cold, like... And you I, believe in that to be something that oh, is huge. like... It was a big changer to my, my game. Um, my wife hates me when I say this, but we couldn't get pregnant for like three years until I met Sam Calvita and I changed my diet and I started doing a lot of cold press juicing and put my hormones back up. Like I was redlining my body. Really? So my body was in fight or flight constantly. So it wasn't like... I'm going to try your... For back in the day... Juice. Like if you were get, getting chased by tigers and you're stressed out all the time, right. they're not going to let you have a kid. The kid's going to die. So I feel like that's what my body was telling myself. Like you're going through fight or flight. You can't have a kid right now. So once I learned how to train right, eat right, and do my, um, we call it a dim juice, like uh, to help spike my hormone levels, we were able to have a kid. This is delicious, by the way. Thank you. It's, we're going to talk about that. He, yeah. he, has, he has a whole juice line that is absolutely delicious. It's changed my life, and I know it'll change lots of other people's lives, and that's why I'm excited to talk about it as well as pass on the message. Um, but you've done, it's like a whole, like you said, it's an, it's accumulation. It's like, 
It's not just, you're not just doing one thing, right? You're doing everything. Like people always think, oh, you know, if I work out once a a week, you know what I mean? Like you have to be able, you have to eat properly. You have to exercise regularly. You have to, you got to monitor your, not maybe not monitor your sleep like you, but you have to sleep properly. I mean, it'll help. I mean, if you can monitor your sleep, even if you're not a professional athlete, you're going to know like, because your cortisol levels will still go, even just business, right? Like I've noticed that in the last year, I've been busier this last year than I've ever been my entire life. And I thought it was right. going to be like, I'm going to be a lot like, I'm going to have all this time on my hands, you know, right. but I've been almost more stressed out this last year dealing with business than I've ever been, you know? Right. So still tracking my sleep and realizing how that's affecting you is a big part of it. Maybe you got to do some sort of meditation before you go to sleep. Um, do you do, med- do you meditate? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some of your rituals? You said you don't like the word rituals, but what do I call it? So what are your, I mean, I guess they're daily rituals, but habits-ish. I, I don't yeah. call them rituals because if I don't do them, I don't want it to mess with my whole life. Yeah. Right? You like, don't want to get like, I don't, you don't have get to do this anxiety. every single time. Cause then if you go into a fight and you didn't get to do one certain thing, like then it's in your mind. Right. Yeah, it's so I have, like you said, habits. Like I have things that I know it'll make me better. So I do them. Right. But if they don't happen, it's not the end of the world. So what are the habits? What are your habits that you do every day? Um, um, and if I, you don't do that habit, then you don't do that habit. But yeah, I wouldn't say I meditate every day, but when I need it, I do it. Um, and I've actually found this new, uh, uh, it's a big plug for them, but <laughs> I found this new piece of equipment that helps me a lot with my meditation. It's like a, a guided meditation. It's called brain tap. It's a headphones and an app on your phone that help like, and it depends on if you're doing it before sleep, if you're doing it when you wake up, they have these different programs you follow and it has a, a voice that fault makes you follow through meditation. Maybe I have multiple voices and you only catch it sub- subconsciously. It's got lights that you put over your over your eyes and helps you fall into meditation. And I've noticed a big difference with that. Um, so when I need it, I use it. It's not something I have to use, but my juicing is a daily. I have to. So when I wake up in the morning, every morning, I, I juice uh, lemon juice. I do that 10 minutes before I eat or drink anything to alkaline my body. What do you put in? Is it water with lemons or? Water and lemons. You can add like cayenne pepper and and ginger and things like that if you want. But I just do lemon and water, like a full lemon. I have an omega juicer that I juice a a full lemon. And I do that the first thing in the morning because it will alkaline your body. Also, the peel from a lemon helps boost your hormone levels. Right. Um, and that's the first thing I do. I do that every day. But you peel. You, you don't, I don't put peel the, it. No, no, no. You don't put the peel in the water. You just Yeah, you the do? whole thing. So it's a, it's, a, it's a masticating cold press juicer that squeezes it really slow and pushes the whole thing through it. I mean, there'll be a little bit of uh, remnants that doesn't go into it. Oh, wow. But I juice the whole thing. Does it, so does, is that, so that's more effective than just putting the actual lemon juice from mm-hmm. the lemon in there? Like the actual. There's uh, more nutrients in the peel than anything. And people do just the lemon, but the peel has got all the nutrients in it. So you take yeah. the entire, I want to know mm-hmm. about that machine. What's it called? The one I use yeah. is an Omega juicer, but the comp- the one I've started using now because of my company is from Good Nature. And Good Nature is actually, so they make commercial size ones. I mean, it's a $30,000 juicer. Say, I'm not, no one's going to be, I'm not buying that you one. Know, but they, now they're making counter size ones that are amazing. They're going to come out with it this year. Um, it's pretty cool. I'm excited to get it. That's um, amazing. You just yeah. put the whole, I just, the whole lemon goes in there. The whole lemon. I'm using an Omega right now. Yeah. It's a very good, it's got to be masticating so it doesn't create speed. Mm-hmm. Like you see those juicers you go to Whole Foods and use. And then you hear them, they grind things up mm-hmm. and they push it out. Well, they used heat to grind. Well, that grinding creates heat and heat will kill the juice or kill the nutrients mm-hmm. in the juice. Right. Same as when you go to like a grocery store, Sprouts, Whole Foods, whoever it may be, and you buy those cold pressed juices off the shelf and they'll last for 30 days. Well, they high pressured them. They, 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 
they pasteurize them with high pressure with this heat. And it, again, once again, kills all the nutrients. It's like defeating the purpose. You might get a little Absolutely. bit from it, but not like what you're drinking right there. Right this there. This is cold pressed. That is cold pressed yeah. and we juice it every day. At, yeah. I can't believe, so the, how long would this last? Four days. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's cool, organic. And it's all, I, there's no preservatives. Say, it's organic. So it'll, I mean, and if you wait till like the third or fourth day to drink it, it gets a little more bitter. You drink it on the first day, fresh. It's, it's fresh. amazing. So yeah. it's, it's like the real deal, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're going to take over the world. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I'm not just saying yeah. this because you're on the show. It's actually yeah. quite delicious. Thank you. Like, I mean, that's why I believed in it. So I was on Joe Rogan's podcast and I'm pretty much telling you, telling him the same stuff I'm telling you about how cold press juicing changed my life. And so the company Clean Juice reached out to me. It's a, a company out in, started in Charlotte. It's now a franchise. Um, it was um, created by Landon Eccles and Kat Eccles. Um, they created it just because they wanted to be healthy and it took off. And now to spread the nation, they have 80, 80 stores nationwide right now, soon to be over 100, like 140. We're in development right now. But they reached out to me about sponsorship. And so I vetted out the company and I realized how good they were mm -hmm. compared to everything else I'm doing because I only juice organic. I don't, I don't go buy my juices from the store. I juice it myself every day and it's only organic, only right. the best products. And I know that's what they do and no one else does it. The I can't, nectars that's don't what, do it. The press don't do it. That's what I'm surprised because that's only, expensive. Yeah, they're the only USDA approved organic company. Wow. And so I, I was like, look, I want to open my own store. I don't want to be sponsored. I want to open a store. Right. And so they accepted me to the Clean Juice family. And my first door is going to be open here at the end of this. We'll, we'll start doing business in December. Our grand opening will be the beginning of the year. New Year's resolutions coming to get yes, some juice, right? Good timing. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be part of the family and they accepted me. And not only did they accept me, but now I'm an area, friend, I'm an area developer. So me that? and my business partners are opening 63 stores from San Diego to North LA. Anywhere within that range, I'm in charge of helping them open. Um, if you were interested in opening a clean juice, you would come to me. I'd help you find your location, how to how to help run the store, and just a plug-and-play system to help you be successful within clean juice kind of thing. Wow. Um, and we're going to take over because, like I said, we're the only USDA-approved uh, juice bar. I mean, franchise, really. I'm surprised at that. Just because yeah. now, you know, nowadays, everything is all about, like, organic, organic. Yeah. And then to know that there's, like, all these places that are so popular are not even organic. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like, that's and amazing. Organic, they pump a lot of stuff in it. Nathan, what are they pumping into their juices? Yeah, what are they putting in their juices? Because... Yeah. They're adding sugar to all their juices. Yeah. Not only are they not organic, they're making them taste good by adding sugar to them, which sugar is the root of all evil. Yeah. Diseases, um, autoimmune diseases, all this stuff is all from sugar, and they're pumping in their juice. I mean, think about when Jamba Juice came out and you thought it was healthy. Can you, I know you, yeah. I remember that when, yeah. first of all, I'm, you know, way older than you, but I remember when people thought they were being healthy, like, oh, I'm going to have a Jamba Juice. Yeah. There's like, I I yeah. mean, every, there were like thousands of calories in yes. that thing and it's all sugar. Yes. But, yeah. the, but the thing is like, so you do have fruit, fruit has sugar. Yeah. Natural so, you, so natural sugar. So you yeah. don't have a problem with like natural sugar. It's actually good for you. It's right. But then why are so many people and athletes are, you know, they're so afraid of, having fruit then right because i i'm i'm with you i think yeah. having you know fruit is a natural sugar it's a natural carb it's a carb i need right, right. so i go a low carb diet but i go low complex carbs right i need carbs i work out an insane amount i need carbs to burn right so by my i get my carbs from fruit from vegetables and things like that but do you have to watch the amount of, of fruit you have because a lot of times i mean maybe if people... i wasn't working out 
All right. So if you're if someone's trying to lose weight, mm-hmm. right, or mm-hmm. on a weight, you're not in that situation. Mm-hmm. I know, but like you're counting calories or something, or because fruit, there's a because sometimes I I'm a huge I love love fruit mm-hmm. and beyond. Yeah. I can have like four pounds of grapes yeah. in like three seconds, like like an animal. But then if I don't want, if I eat so much of it that I can I gain weight from mm-hmm. it. I got to be careful. Yeah. But I mean, you got to eat a lot of yes. fruit for that to happen. So you're not afraid of that, and Mm-mm. a lot of your a lot of your juices are fruit based, whatever. And yeah. like the one you're drinking yeah, now this is, is not. This one's that all one's only got like thirty calories. It's no, got I think delicious. it's got lemon juice, and it's the only thing that's in there. It's got maybe some sort of the, sugar in it. The other green I had is super green, sweet green, sweet green. Mm-hmm, that one's good. delicious. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah delicious. one of my favorites for sure. Okay, so get back to your hot. So basically, you make you your one understand. You wake up, you you basically take that lemon, put it in the water yeah. to help to talk to alkaline. Or- alkaline my body to boost my hormone levels. To it gives me energy. I don't drink coffee because of it. Oh, that wow. and I also do. Um, I do a lot of um, nutritional yeast, which has got a ton of B twelve in it. Um, so I'll drink. I mean, it's disgusting. You can put it on your food, and it doesn't have to be as disgusting. But I want to know I'm getting enough of it, so I'll right. put a couple of tablespoons of nutritional yeast. You buy it from a Sprouts, um, Whole Foods, something like that, and you just put it in a glass of water and pound it. You'll get so much energy from it. It's got so much vitamin B, and it helps also your absorption rate in your stomach to help with your supplements and your food. I love that. Eating. No one's ever heard, said that to me before. Yeah, nutritional yeast. It, I mean, put it on your popcorn. It's amazing. Put it on I, your vegetables. It's so good. Like it, it, you can, it tastes good? Yes. That way it does. If you do it the way I do it, it's pretty harsh. Yeah. And I just pound it, and I follow it up with maybe some juice or uh, something else. It's like a chaser. Yeah, 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 yeah. like a chaser. <laughs> but uh, you can add it to your food, and it's so good for you. Like my wife will bake it on her broccoli, or we'll put it on our popcorn and things like that, and it tastes really good. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. give me another give me another tip like that. Hmm. An easy tip? Shoot. Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Yeah. Um, but I take a lot of psyllium husk to help clean me out. Psyllium husk is a, again, I just stir it up in water and drink it, and you got to do it fast because it'll harden. But, um, is that like a met, like a, a very clean version of Metamucil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a probiotic spore. It like it like helps you. Like when you take probiotics, mm-hmm. it'll help line your stomach for that probiotic. If you just take a probiotic and you're not healthy, I mean, you're just gonna shit matter. it out. I mean, right. your stomach is just as important as your brain. Like a lot of things that come from your stomach affects your brain. The the, the neurons are going back and forth. So um, I do a lot of psyllium husk, which will clean you out. And every day you do that try to i mean i don't do it every day but i try to again it's a habit not a ritual right, right? sorry yes no. <laughs> i gotta be very careful i, I haven't done it yet today but um i try to if i know i've been eating bad or something like that i need to clean myself out it's not one of those things that will clean you out and have loose stool like you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna go to the bathroom <laughs> like bigger than you've ever gone in your entire really? life really okay oh, yeah. i would have tried it'll this. clean you out for sure and so where do you buy where do you get just any brand Sprouts of or do you buy it in the like bulk for, or you can buy them in big containers um, okay. Or I'll, I can buy. I buy it off Amazon. The psyllium husk I buy off Amazon. As long as it's organic and from a reputable source, then I'll buy it from Amazon. I buy my my nutritional yeast from Sprouts. But can you get if, if you took psyllium husk every day? Would your body then need to take it to go to the bathroom? Could you, no. did, did you get used to it? No. no. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then so the, okay, anything else in the let's go like in the nutrition space that okay. you are habitually doing? I take a lot of probiotics. Um, Again, another plug. None of these are sponsors. I'm no, I know. There. I'm just. I'm just letting you guys know. Like, uh, I use a lot of stuff from Mercola. Uh, Mercola is a website, it's an e-commerce based um, nutritional store for okay. all my supplements and things like that. Like, the only protein I take is from Mercola. 
Um, Which protein do you take? I take the whey. It's their um, sports performance whey protein. I'll take like casings and stuff when I'm trying to put weight on. But for the most part, I usually just take a whey protein or maybe a hemp. But okay, and real then, clean burning uh, proteins. And then I, I'll, I'll get my vitamin C's from there. I'll get I mean, the probiotic is a, uh, a ritual. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take a lot of probiotics because, again, your gut is so important for all the nutrients that's going to help you with your brain function, with the way you live your life so much. But isn't it important to know what pro? I mean, I've heard that it, not one probiotic is the same for you as, as it mm. is for me, right? Because mm. everyone has a different by you know gut and mm -hmm. so it, when you just take one off of the shelf i heard it's kind of it's useless right it could be it depends on like um their product i, I just take what my coach has told me to take that he's right. done the research for right he's done all the hard nitty-gritty stuff and yeah. I, just, I just believe in him and i do it so the probiotics i take are the live probiotics from um, ricola right okay yeah. and then do you eat meat chicken i beef? eat tons of meat um okay. i'm a big time hunter I'm an archery hunter, so I, oh. any kind of meat I eat, red meat-wise, is killed by myself. So I went and got a elk this year in September. Um, I just got a white-tailed deer this last month, and that'll feed me and my family for the next year and a half for meat-wise. I don't buy meat. I only, I mean, if you want to talk about organic, grass-fed, I mean, this is grass-fed and organic because it gets is harvesting it yourself. And wow. you get a lot of shit for it from people that don't understand say, hunting. Like, especially here in California, I post something on Instagram. I was going to say, you'd be like... All of like 2,000 comments of just people being dicks. Right? Oh, I'm sure. First of all, have you seen the movie Game Changers on Netflix? The I mean, the documentary? I, is that the one about being a, a vegan? Uh, yeah. I have, and uh, it's complete bullshit. Excuse uh, me. Well, it's, very, it's, very, it's so much propaganda in that yeah. movie, right? Like, I mean, who who produced that? You know what I mean? Like, is it General Mills? It's a wheat or some sort of wheat company? Right, like, right. Same thing that meat markets do or big-time tobacco companies do. It's right. all propaganda. Well, like, I love how they pick, like, three vegan athletes and be like, you know, because this person's the best in the world. But for every single vegan athlete, I yeah. can show you 10, like 100,000 yeah. who are like, you know, eating chicken. Yeah, right? exactly. And then, like, did you see that part about the... Um, like the guy's erection, like if you're oh, now, yeah, that right? Was so funny. right? If like if you if you're a vegan, you yeah. know your erection's this yeah. much bigger. I mean, it was so well, crazy. If that guy was eating some sort of meat product, it's probably from McDonald's or Chick Fil A or whatever it may be right. from, um, rather than um, grass fed, um, no no antibiotic kind of meat. Like it's different as well where yeah. you're getting it. So people that don't understand hunting, they'll go and buy a Big Mac. Where do you think that that be, how that life that beef lived? Right, lived in a box and slaughtered. I'm going out, and if more people went out into the wild and hunted, there'd be less tortured farm animals, right? And you want to talk about me being ethical and humane, but I'm actually taking uh, going out and doing it myself. Work. I mean, I hiked 120 miles in 10 days, climbed over 4,000 feet elevation every day, um, put the hard work in myself to get this animal. I harvested the animal out in the wild. That packed 1,200 pounds of meat out on my back, like. It's an insane amount of work, and you want to go and like, wow. talk crap about it. You know. So. You know what I find? You know what you could have done? Yeah. Not to be like you know, you yeah. know, your your life coach. Yeah. You could have been a Navy SEAL. I yeah. You I have mean, the same type yeah. of you know. I'm not a Navy SEAL, but yeah. you seem to have the same um, mindset mm -hmm. and like kind of like you know. Oh, that's my son. That's your son, yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of like threshold as what a Navy Steel or a Green Beret would have, because mm. you have like because I appreciate that because I think very highly of. Oh, them. me too. Yeah, I'm right, saying yeah. like, but it only is a very particular type of person. You have to have yeah. you got to be so badass mm. and so have such a killer mindset yeah. that to do that, it sounds like if this didn't work out for you in the UFC space, <laughs> that would have been a great avenue for you. And I think it's wrestling. 
I yeah. really believe that what like a lot of the wrestlers I meet or anybody I compete against, it's always like if I know I'm competing against another wrestler, it's gonna be fucking tough. Yeah. I really believe that one-on-one combative training from being eight years old to now has made me who I am kind of thing, you know? Um, Because when you go and play other sports, when I played football and things like that, it's easy to blame a loss on someone else. Right. But when you go and wrestle, you're out on the mat by yourself. Like, everyone's watching two people compete against each other. And so when you lose or win, it's either the highest highs or the lowest lows in the world. Because it's all on you, you know? And and just pushing against another person, it, it, it really teaches this uh, mentality of never give up, uh, be better than the next person, and just, I don't know. It, yeah, no, I totally, to explain, yeah. no, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you more about your health, like what your other, I hate the word hacks, like you hate the yeah. word rituals, I yeah. hate the word health hacks, yeah. but yeah. I don't know a better way to describe it, but um, what did like some of the other habits you have in the health space that you do like I, I think I saw that you said you like red light therapy yes yeah yeah I do I do a lot of red light therapy do you think it works I do yeah. obviously if you do it all the time mm-hmm. okay what does it work for muscle recovery yep muscle recovery another hormone booster right I gotta stand in front of it in my birthday suit but oh, naked I, I just got one that's why I'm at now it's that's awesome. why it kind of yeah. just jumped out at me yeah. because yeah like I want to know from a professional athlete yeah. if it's made a difference in your yes. life it's great for your skin too like, That's um, what they say. Yeah, little dermatologists will use it and stuff like that. So it's great for your skin, um, real good for muscle recovery. Um, it's great for um, boosting hormone levels and lethality in your sperm. Does it really? Because I yeah. just started, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. been a weekend, and you have all the testing. I don't have anyone taking my testing, but have you seen a difference in in those things by taking it over time? Like I said, it's hard for me to put my finger on one thing. I know you do. Because I do so much, and it wasn't like I did them. Like all, like, well, here I did, yeah. now I'll do this. Now. It's like, I almost just went cold turkey, just did everything. everything. Right? Like I was like, I met this coach. Uh, we did as much science as possible and everything. And then just like transformed my body. So um, then do you, how often are you doing red light? Again, I wouldn't uh, probably say four times a week. For how long each time? Um, I do eight minutes in front. And then sometimes I'll do eight minutes in back. But mainly I make sure to do the eight minutes in front. And uh, excuse my language, but roast my testes. Yeah. <laughs> so you do, okay, so do you do, because no. the one I have at my house, mine's from BioLite. Do you have, which one is your from? Mine's from Juve. Okay, so that's the competing company. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they're very similar. Yeah. I think they're almost exactly the same, but. You just got to have, like, make sure it's the right light frequency for what you want. Right, I was going to ask yeah. you about that. So mine has, I'm sure like yours, has red light on mm-hmm. there and it has near infrared, yes. right? Yeah. Do you use both at the same time? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I was, because the guy, I was told that sometimes you should be using red light. Sometimes you should only be using the near infrared. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know on that for the most so part. You just put them together and just. Well, do they're they're the juve comes where it's either an eight hundred eighty nanometer to six eighty, and it's like some lights you can't even see on, even though they yeah, are on, too. you can't even see them on. Mine too. And I, that's the difference in the light. Um, and they each have one penetrates deeper than the other. Yeah. So if you have like deep joint pain. Like one will reach that to one will reach more of like the surface of like for your skin and for that kind of inflammation and stuff like that. Do you have a bit? What size is the one? You, do you have one at it's your house? It's the size of your door. It's yeah, it's really big. Like yeah. my, I'm gonna show. Yeah. I want to show like you mine. A football player can stand in front of it and and cover his whole body. Oh wow, you got yeah. I think yours is probably bigger than mm-hmm. mine. But yeah, but so far I really like it. Yeah. Do you do it at night or in the, in the morning? I've done it at night. I mean, I've done it both, but I usually it's it's when I get up, I have so much to do. It's always like. The last thing on my mind, you go stand in front of it. I know. If you have the time, I think it'd be a good ritual to do in the morning. But um, it's something I do in the evening. 
Do you wear yeah. gla- like those little goggles or just mm-hmm. but It's actually good for your eyes. That's what they say. Yeah. I've been wearing just nothing. I've been yeah. just kind of going, do you like, are you on your, are you looking down on the phone or are you no, just like. No, I try to like almost like meditate into it, just kind of like do nothing and. And it's like one of those times where I can sh- shut my brain off and like no one bothers me and no text messages, no nothing. Another reason why I like to hunt, my yeah. phone doesn't work, right? Like there's certain times in my life that I have to be forced into not being in touch with the world. Like uh, when I'm out hunting for 10 days, I don't talk to anybody other than my family that I'm with. Um, when I'm in the hyperbaric chamber four days a week. You forgot to mention the hyperbaric chamber. It's like 90 minutes of sitting in a chamber where you can't have your phone on you and you got to just be in there blank, just nothing. Um, maybe I'll do a float tank therapy, um, the red light, things like that where I just, I make sure that that's all I'm doing with my meditation, like kind of like detach, you know, because I feel like that, I mean, that takes a lot of cortisol levels is dealing with everyone else's problems as well as your own, as well as my sons and my wives and my businesses it's just it all adds up and so i need to i think i think getting off of it and just disconnecting is huge for my mental health yeah i agree with that how so that the the chamber the hyper yeah hyper game changing is that so that makes a difference oh yeah knowing how to use it too okay what is that what does that do so hyper there's two different forms of hyperbaric chamber there's a soft and a hard chamber isn't that what michael jackson like was remember like 20 yeah. years I mean, ago it's anti-aging were, it really is they, that's what remember yeah. he got laughed at when mm-hmm. we were like he has a hyperbaric whatever yeah. how do you put is it a hyper, hyperbaric yeah hyperbaric yeah. chamber mm-hmm. in his house it was like on the cover of all the national inquirers mm-hmm. meanwhile now like cut to you know 15 20 years later yeah people are actually using it mm-hmm. huge like for you, recovery huge for brain health Huge for kids that have autism, big for wound healing, um, diabetes type of stuff, um, great for injury. Um, so it, what it is, if you, the hard chamber especially, the soft chambers, it's almost like getting oxygen high. I think it's a waste of time. I mean, unless it's good for you mentally and just to escape, mm-hmm. right? But you're allowed to have your phone in that one. Um, what okay. I go into, you can't have your phone or any kind of like metal or anything that can cause any kind of a static electricity because it can spontaneously combust. So it is a pressurized tube. It's an acrylic glass tube. You go inside of it and they pressurize it depending on how deep you go is how deep it gets pressurized into your body. But um, I go usually like 2.4 atmospheric pressure, which goes deep. And then you're breathing 100, well, more like 98% oxygen. And so if you were just to breathe oxygen right now, you maybe get a little bit of a high from it and to feel better, but you're expelling everything you don't need. Mm-hmm. When you're in a pressurized tube, it forces it into every one of your cells. Um, into your mitochondria and it'll speed up um, recovery it'll speed up injury motion it'll speed up like I said wound healing really good for your brain so it crosses that blood brain barrier to where it can bring inflammation down in your brain as well too which being in a combat sport is really big right like CTE prevention and things like that so Um, how often do you do that I want to do as much as I possibly can Um, we actually added one to my gym so the gym, the training lab, we haven't done our grand opening yet. We're doing under construction still. We're down in Placentia, like Anaheim, California, down in Orange County. Um, we have a full-blown strength conditioning program there, martial arts place. We also have a full recovery center where we have two hyperbaric chambers. We have cryotherapy. We have red light therapy um, all under one center. So we have like a full recovery center in there. So no, I'm going wow. to start doing it hopefully like three, four days a week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Especially then- after hard training. Do you, do you take NAD? 
NAD plus, yeah. yeah. You do take it. Mm -hmm. Well, not the IVs. The, no, no, like, no. It's, like, a, it's a, it's a like sublingual. Yeah. Yeah. You mm -hmm. do take it. Mm -hmm. So you believe in that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to give you some of the ones I take. Cool. Have you heard of Truniagen? Uh, I don't know. Is it like a pill that dissolves? No. Oh, it's no. basically a capsule that okay. you take and. Interesting. Yeah. I've never, oh, I haven't heard of it. Well, Again, it's some of my coach tells me like, yeah, hey, yeah, this no, is good for your neurological function. It, I look it up. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to take it. Exactly. And then yeah. you just take it. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Okay. I'm trying to think. I've kind of had you on this treadmill for like almost, well, I don't know, 70 minutes. <laughs> um, anything else? Oh, I have one question if you don't mind. Yeah. So like UFC, like do you, how do you make, do you, do you make money with you, with, with, um, Fighting by winning a champion, like do you get do you get paid a salary just by being part of UFC? Not a salary, no. You, only no. only for we're independent contractors, so we get ten ninety nine. Um, we only get paid when we fight. Everyone's contracts are different. Everyone has individual contracts. Um, depends on like how many fights you have left or how much you get paid. Oh. It's all different. Um, depending on how good your manager is, yeah. how popular you are, how many Instagram followers you have, right? If you're gonna bring attention to the UFC and make them money. And then try to negotiate to get paid more, right? And everyone's got a different one. Like, most common is, like, you get paid a flat rate to show. So once you make weight and you step inside the octagon, they pay you. And if you win, they double it. If you don't, then they don't. So they, they kind of give some incentive to, like, go out there and fight your ass off. Wow. Which will make for an entertaining fight, right? Some guys have flat rates. Maybe some guy will show up and they just get paid their, their show and their win bonus all in one just because that's how their, their um, manager put it, you know? Um, everyone's got a little bit different tactics on how they get paid so but if you win a championship how much do you make it's all different it depends like it was on the range what's the range how I much mean, did you make when i first won it uh so i was only <laughs> when i when i was in my fight contract as an ultimate fighter contract i was only fighting for sixteen thousand dollars a show and sixteen thousand dollars to win and i won my world title and they cut, they cut me a nice check um because obviously i went from i was an eight to one underdog no one really knew who I was at that time. Wow. Um, only reason why I had that fight is because someone got hurt and they bumped me up and they asked me to take the fight. And I said, hell yeah. Wow. And so I took it. I was an eight to one underdog. I was fighting a guy that had never been beat. He only lost one fight ever and he hadn't lost in a decade. They were thinking him to be the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And I went out and dominated him and knocked him out in the fifth round. And from then was like the rise to stardom. You know, everyone knew who I was after that. And wow. so I was able to renegotiate contracts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be. I think um, the sport is becoming more and more mainstream. That You'll see pays continue to increase, right, as the sport gets more and more popular. It's very mainstream now right. to where even when I won the world title, it was becoming mainstream, but not to where it's at right now. So people, I mean, we're signed by ESPN now, finally. I know. You know. So it's a pretty big deal. But you're, are you making like a million dollars if you win now or not? Some people are. Some people aren't. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all – I mean, and again – you have to be, it's kind of, kind of sucks, but you need to be a character. You need to be popular. You need yeah. to be like, it's entertainment, right? It so is entertainment, if, right. If I'm a boring fighter, which I had to learn this, right, throughout my career, like, if you're just like super respectful, like not causing trouble, just kind of straight shooter that everyone can kind of like, oh, whatever, he's just a normal dude. Like, I don't feel like they pay attention to you as much, right? So you don't get paid as well. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you don't get paid as much as you're worth. And so right. be worth something. Be, it sucks, but be a character. Be, right. be so like who are you? But then exaggerate, exaggerate it. You know, be that person to the top. Create conflict. Create some sort of bullshit that people are going to pay attention to. In the ring, you mean, or or yeah. outside? I mean, now the the world of social media, people can know what I'm doing on a daily basis. Um, doing interviews, doing podcasts. But you doing, seem normal and nice right here. 
that's who I've been, you know, and like I said, I've had to learn that the hard way. Um, but then how are you going to be, so you're not as valuable that you're, because you're nice and sweet and you're not really causing any trouble. You yeah, showed I mean, up I one time. Yeah, I learned early in my career. I, I mean, I, I mean, even though I've made the biggest upset in, in history and like do those big things, like I brought some more attention to me, but I was too cookie cutter. I feel like too, too easygoing, too nice. Um, but when I got a big rise to stardom even more, I won in my second title. So when I left that gym team alpha male and moved to Colorado, yeah. I, mean, I told you I got a lot of shit for it from not only like right. my teammates, but from like the media. And the reason why I got it from the media is because of my teammates. So they mm. were talking a bunch of shit about me and that I was a traitor, called a snake, right. this and that. Well, then when I fought for the belt, I fought against an ex-teammate. And so it brought a big rivalry and it brought a lot of attention. And then I became a bigger star because because I right. ended up, he was, he was a just a complete fucking asshole. Like went above and beyond to be a dick to me because we're on a TV show coaching against each other. And I was kind of like, Held my, I mean, I was confident and I've always been confident. Like, that's one thing. Like, I've been known as an asshole when we train. Like, if I've been known as a dick in the gym, but it's because I'm competitive. Like, I don't let you beat me ever. I don't care if we're playing Monopoly. I'm going to get fucking pissed if you beat me. You know, like, <laughs> I don't like losing. And so I've gotten a name of being kind of a dick when we train and taking it to the next level. Um, so I've kind of held that to my standard, but he was just like over the top talking trash. And I kind of stayed respectful and helped coach my guys. And I, only one of his guys won, all six of mine won. So I demolished him in the show coaching wise. And then we fought at the end of it for the world title and I knocked him out in that as well too. So that brought a lot of attention. So that was a, so I became a character without having to do it. Right, you know? right, right. He did the work and I just re reaped the rewards because he couldn't man up, he couldn't beat me, so. Wow, so then your comeback in a year after you've been gone, yeah, right? Yeah, it's gonna be big attention. It's gonna be good, so you can get paid actually more money that this happened to you. Yeah, again, I mean, this is a blessing in disguise. This whole thing I is gonna work out to your advantage. Right? I'm not getting paid now for it. Um, no, I know, you know but, but but I mean, it, it, it can, can all it can all be it can depending all, on how you handle it too, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. But like, also, you're getting paid based on how many fights. So the more you fight, the more you make. Yeah. Unless you're really, really big, right? And then they fight less, but you make more. I mean, so like, for instance, I have like six fights left on my contract. I have to fight those up before I can renegotiate. Unless I like, oh. unless I create some sort of like big name and they're willing to like, there's times they're willing to renegotiate even though you're not the end of your contract. Just everything's very individualized. You yeah. Know? Um, so it could be a blessing and a curse. It just depends on who you are and take over your own destiny. You know, it's like, I think the biggest blessing in disguise for me has been being able to take over my own destiny outside the cage, uh, what I've been able to do with Clean Juice. I mean, mm -hmm. Clean Juice is gonna, I mean, it's already taken over the nation. We're gonna take over Southern California. I'm really excited about it. Um, to be involved with it, to be able to spread the message. Um, California is very nutritional based, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they, they always think about, you see like the most healthy people in the world are in California. The weather's good, take your shirt off, be out on the beach. Yeah. Um, but they don't realize what they're, they're putting into the body isn't organic and I can't mm -hmm. wait to pass that message on right. and, and spread that. So I'm excited about that. I created my, my website. It's called uh, Fit to Fight, um, tjdillashaw.com. It's a workout program to where if you want to learn how to kick someone's ass, if you want to be a martial artist, or if you just want to get in shape. It has from professional athletes to just someone wanting to do cardio kickboxing, I created a program that you could do at home even. And oh, wow. It, it, I'm going to check it out. It's done awesome. It's done so good. It's called Fit to Fight. It's on tjdillashaw.com. Um, I've, I've taken that under my wing and built that up even more. Um, I've documented my road to recovery with double shoulder surgery, um, put that on my YouTube channel. So I've been doing a lot of things that are helping me feed my family outside of fighting. And I think it's been a blessing because now when I'm done, I have that. I wouldn't, I would have never had time to do this. Right. I've never had time to do it. And 
um, it's been a big change, but it's been great. It's been really, really good. Because um, I'm a very health conscious and I've worked out my entire life. And so why not make that my living also? Right. I mean, I do it fighting, but why not outside of it? Well, you practice what you preach also, exactly. right? So exactly. This is great. I mean, yeah. this has been, a, I've learned a lot actually from you. <laughs> thank thank, you. No, thank you for coming on. This my has been pleasure. a really great podcast for me cool. anyway. It's like everything cool. I'm like really love to know. So good. I'm hoping Good. everyone who listens, you know, gleans yeah. as much as I have. Hopefully um, they are surprised by a professional fighter having the knowledge that I have kind of thing, right? Because I feel like we're just known as meatheads that beat the shit out of each other. You know, I think that it's changed though. I Like you were saying to, to your point, I think like as you get better and better in your craft, yeah. there's so much more scientific um, knowledge that has to be utilized, right? Yeah. Because like to be like, you're constantly tweaking and honing and tweaking and tweaking to be better and better and better. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually not surprised at all. Oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, so where do people find you besides your website, you said, YouTube, yeah. and what's your what's your Instagram or Everything's Facebook? just TJ Dillashaw. Okay. I got lucky Perfect. and got it early. It's just tjdillashaw.com. Follow me on Instagram, TJ Dillashaw, Twitter, um, cleanjuice.com. Um, oh, cleanjuice.com. Yeah. And this yeah. will be available next in, in December. So, yeah, we were supposed to get our CO day. I'm going through construction. Hopefully, at the end of this month, we'll be able to do our soft opening and our training of our employees here all of December. And then we'll have like our big grand opening to come and showcase everything as of uh, the beginning of the year. Awesome. Um, just because we'll be like a fine-tuned oil machine like by, by January, right? All my employees will be able to handle the rush because I plan on bringing a lot of people to show them the store. Um, we're in the process of building two food trucks so I can show the wealth all over L.A. and Orange County and Amazing. San Diego. Um, the brand's going to get out there. Um, and again, if you want to join the team. It should. Um, it's really good. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're going to open them. We're going to open them all over Southern California, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch it grow. I get to help uh, um, be a part of the Clean Juice family, even to a bigger bigger part of it, so I'm excited. Well, congratulations. It's a really thank good you. product. Yeah, um, thank you. And go follow TJ. He's, he's a wealth of information, <laughs> health, and fitness. Yeah. And uh, the only guest I've had thus far who can just basically do a treadmill for 80 minutes and not even break a sweat. <laughs> I'm sweating. I got sweatpants <laughs> That's on. Just great. Those are the yeah. lights. Those are oh, the lights only, okay. okay? All right. Thanks, TJ. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. 
Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.